like Son Like Father with Antonio and Willie Harrison, a real open and honest conversation between a father and son. There ain't no love like the love of a father. Hey, Dad. Hey, son. Okay. So the other thing I want to, another thing I want to get into is Kevin and Michael. Mm-hmm. It's not. How did you found out about that? It's not how Dad said. <laughs> and the, his little dreams of grandeur of me wanting to meet Brenda. No, I wanted to hurt her. Yeah. Did you actually follow their car halfway oh, to the Oh, I sure did. Yeah, Jay I'll, doesn't remember I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Okay. I didn't know about Michael. Well, hold on. Okay. Before you, I, I don't necessarily need to know about that story. What I want to know about is how and when you found out. When they came knocking at the door to serve, we were on Lincoln to serve process papers for dad to go to court for child support. So, and, and they were how old at this point? They, this was, we, we moved to that house in December of, in January of 97. He hadn't gotten his settlement yet from the county, which he kept telling everybody he was going to get these huge dollar amounts. And I think that's what Brenda saw. And I think part of the money when he did get it, I believe he gave her some. He got a first settlement like in 90 something, like right around the time Kevin was born. Then he kept saying how he was going to get these huge dollar amounts. And I know your father they don't. I knew that that wasn't really feasible, plus the possibility of him messing up before he went to court, which actually is what ended up happening, um, was highly likely. So I think she felt like, well, he has his money and he's not giving him any. So while he was visiting them when they were younger, you had no clue? He wa- But here's my thing. He speaks like he visited them all the time. And I'm not saying he didn't visit them. It wasn't once a week. That's number one. Number two... Michael was born in 1988, and I want to say Kevin was maybe born in 1991. My mother passed away in 89. I didn't have time to even pay attention to what was going on. Yeah, Dad probably stopped visiting, and I think that's why Kevin has less memory, because Dad probably stopped visiting them when he was about three. Because Dad, well, was, Kevin remembers. Yes, but, playing ball with them in the front yard. Yeah, but he could have been three or four, because after about 91, 92, by 93, Dad was completely gone. So when the papers came to be served, what was running through your mind at that time? I mean, here's papers being served for two I was, people. I, well, actually, it was, for, it, was for one, it was just for Kevin. And then later on, we got the ones for Michael because it was found out to be mm-hmm. his son. There was so much going on. Dad had found out some serious health issues. Mm-hmm. We had moved into this house. Dad had promised to go back to work. He didn't. I was in the. I was possibly going to lose the house because I only worked a ten month job and we only got paid for ten months. So I'm the only thing I'm thinking is they're going to take my check because we're legally married. By this time, I'm completely emotionally detached from your dad. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm like, this is another dumb like one more nail in the coffin, you know. And I was extremely upset, and I was more upset because I'm like, how am I supposed to tell the kids this? Like. How, what am I going to say for this? And then I was just like, if they ask, I'm going to tell them. If they don't ask, I don't know. And Well, Jay found the picture oh, and I apparently approached. Did. How come nobody told me? Jay never approached me. I don't remember who she approached, but I don't remember telling her. I Maybe I did, but I don't remember telling her. Okay. I really, truly, honestly don't. But did you think that like, even though as adults, you guys were dealing in that world, it might be cool. No. For us as kids thinking that we got brothers. I was angry. Totally. Yeah. I was yeah. angry. 
I mean, what that's a constant reminder of of everything. Of everything. Yeah. And I thought, you know, this woman knew dad was married. And I really truly feel and I don't know Brenda, so I can't make judgment calls. And I was really disappointed in the way your father spoke about her because he made it sound kind of bad and that's still the mother of his kids regardless. Yeah. And I I was like, that's bad. And I thought to myself, but you knew he was married. What were you thinking? And then she gave the boys her last name. I really feel she wanted children. And dad was there and a willing participant. And she he's nice. People like him. He's personable. And there was a point when we were at Milton. And now I know back then I didn't get it because Michael was born in 1988. And my mom passed away in 89 and that was when I had to deal with my mother being ill and I had you two and dad was way down on the list of attention our relationship was really strained and I will never forget he told me one day we got into some type of argument and I don't remember the hit either by the way I don't remember that at all I don't remember your dad ever hitting me I remember that okay and I remember I don't know how you don't I don't I, I totally thought it was my fault no I I don't remember that at all. I remember getting into a very serious argument with him and then him ending up like not sleeping in our bed anymore and going and sleeping in your guys' room. And when your dad becomes Dr. Jekyll or or becomes Mr. Hyde or whatever the bad person is, it's like this person you don't know. His face changes, his eyes change, his body language. He said, I will take out your heart. I will take my hand, stick my hand in your chest, rip out your heart and stomp on it. And I remember thinking, whoa, yeah. wow. And I remember him thinking, I, like, and like in other words, like he said, I remember him saying something like, well, I got a place to go in another. So in my mind now, like later on when I was putting everything together, he was thinking, oh, I'll just go pack up and go to Brenda. That's in my mind. Like now when, when I saw those papers and things started coming together and the dates, because you know me, I'm a fanatic with little details. I was like, that's what he was talking about. But the thing of it is, is that for whatever reason, in all my issues and all my weirdness and all my idiosyncrasies, your dad really loves me and he, he never goes. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, he'll talk about it and he'll talk major caca and he'll say all kinds of mean things. And then the next day it's like, hey, how you doing? Like, he, I don't know if he doesn't remember or if it's just like it never happened or it was anger in the moment and now he's over it and then he goes to jail and he gets all this lovey-dovey stuff and I'm like, dude, you still got to come home to the same messed up house, yeah. the same unsolved issues or unresolved issues, the same baggage and the same damaged people and the same neighborhood. So what's going to change? Well, that brings me to probably the biggest question that we all have and that anybody who's listening has. I probably have no answer either. You're a very smart woman. You're educated. You've held down two jobs a good majority of your life and busting your ass to make sure that we had at least the necessities in our lives. And you've dealt with all the shit you've dealt with from the dope use to pawning of presents and jewelry to and family heirlooms to anything someone could possibly imagine. Why didn't you leave him? Now, as a 53-year-old, I can say I don't think I was strong enough. And the funny thing of it is, 
is that in my head back then, it was like, how am I going to do this on my own? I need his $400 or $500. And then I look back and I think, I was doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his 400 or $500, but if he wasn't there, I wouldn't have to buy as much food. Like basically, if you... if you, You've been always been very resourceful. Yeah, so. if, if you counterbalance it... His $500 really doesn't go to help me. It's just to pay for his portion of stuff. And I'm glad you were honest about that because you would typically make the comment that if you left because you make the money, you'd have to pay him alimony. I I did. I would have to. Yeah, but that would normally be your excuse. I'm glad you were actually honest right now and saying that. I've come a long way in a couple of years. Yeah, you weren't weren't prepared to because my theory on it was – you met him when you were in high school, first guy you had ever been with, really, ever, and you never got to really understand who you were as a person nope. without him involved. Didn't so know. I don't know what it's like to be Mia. Exactly. I don't know what it's like. I know now a little bit, but even now, I don't know, like, I've never lived just me. I don't know if that makes sense, but I've never had my own place as a single female. So, I went from being a, a daughter to being... A wife, and a, a, a wife mom. and a mom, and then being a wife and a mom and a caregiver to a terminally ill mother with no other family support and no monetary support, and I, I was just out there. I mean, it was like I was just going. Th- I don't. I wasn't living. I was going through motions. So, where is your relationship as husband and wife today? I don't. This is so hard. I don't view us as husband and wife. I really don't. Every time I think I can trust him or he's going to do good or he's doing good, that he does that one thing or he says that one thing or he stabs me that one more. It's almost like that's his way of pushing back. Oh, she's getting too close. She's going to do that. And I, 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 I have a tendency to be a grab on her, hanger, you know, whatever. I love him and I'll always love him. And because I know the true Willie... When this evil person comes out, it's like, who are you and why are you doing this? Why can't you give me my willy back? And I've told him over and over again, I don't care about the weed. When he's on weed, that's the willy. I mean, and I'm not saying because you're still not totally sober, but when he's on weed, that's the willy that I fell in love with. That's who he was when he was sober, when he wasn't on any substances. I love you. You're so nice. I can't believe you're both so helpful and, you know, you're kind, but... When is it my turn? When is it? When is when well, do I, I want, get support? I wanted to ask you about that because you had made a comment last week to me about we were sitting doing something and he had called for like the third or fourth time and you're saying for the last two weeks he's been so attentive, mm-hmm. but you took it in a very negative way as if it, as if it was bothersome, and I tried to and I didn't express it the way I wanted to at the time, but I tried to explain like enjoy that reinforce that and maybe you'll get more of that i i understand what you're saying and i hear what you're saying but it's very hard for me because of all the stuff that's gone on i always feel there's an arterial motive yeah i could see i mean you're 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 and you're it's it's a jaded yeah and it's because like, it has to be because you've been through so much stuff yeah, and it's like now you want to be that way when i'm kind of finally getting my act together with my weight getting my act together with my brain Becoming the Mia that I used to be, be like the strong, funny, like being Mia. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is now that he sees my growth, and he said one time, gosh, everywhere we go, people respect you. And they, they say, they speak to you and they like you and they ask you for help and they want you to help them with this. And, you know, and it's almost like I wanted that 20 years ago. I wanted that 10 years ago. Now I could, I don't, yeah. you know, it's. So what do you think the future holds for you and dad? I don't mean to be mean and this is very pessimistic, but if he doesn't change his lifestyle, he won't be here. And I know you know that I've been going to an occupational therapist. Um, actually, she's going to be listening to this show because she's like, I cannot wait till you go on. She's been, has she been listening from the yeah, beginning? she has. And it's mainly, she's, it's not psychotherapy. It's mainly to create other habits than grabbing for food. Right. But what, so what do you think the fu- the question oh, okay, was, the what future. the future oh. of you and dad? Basically, she asked me that same question. And I, she, because I always use the term I don't realize I do but she says when you ever, when you talk about you, you're going to retire at 55 and you're going to you know do this and that you always use I you never use we oh but you've been doing it by yourself for a long exactly. time and she but she knows dad's some of dad's health issues and I said well I'm really preparing for golden years to be by myself hmm. and she kind of stopped for a minute and I said if you have the diseases that he has and you take seven medications in the morning to make it through to the next day and the only reason that you have one disease is because of your smoking and the crack which clogs it up even quicker i don't foresee him i mean dad was born in 1949 he's going to be turning 67. he's 66 he just turned 66 in march and he doesn't like when I say this, and sometimes I say it in a joking way. I go, you know, you're closer to the 70 in than you are the 60 in yeah. now. And he just looks at me. And what it is is when doctors and people see him, they look at his, and that's why he had that toe missing. Because they, he doesn't tell, first of all, he doesn't tell them the truth. And that's why I said it would be really hard for him to sue because they would bring up that he didn't tell him his entire history. Um, and if he wants to sue, more power to him. No, my mom's talking about is my dad had his pinky toe amputated because of a clogged artery in his mm-hmm. leg. Mm-hmm. And from smoking. Yes, but if but if you do all that, and the doctors have literally told you, like he, I call it roto rooter. He goes in quarterly for them to unclog it. This last time he went in for them to look at it, just to tell you how nonchalant he is. He was supposed to be at the hospital at twelve. He's getting on the bus at twelve. Because he said, oh, I'll just take the bus because it was in the afternoon. And I was going to pick him up afterwards. I said, what do you mean you're getting on the bus at 12? You're supposed to be there. He finally gets to Huntington at 1.30. His doctor has had to, like, here was another patient. So he brought in you, and then your dad was the next one. And it's like nonchalant, like, oh, yeah. And I don't know how to say this, but his friend Peggy said, Mia, you're right. He does. Every time he has to have a surgery, he has to go in for something, just he calls everybody he knows and lets them know what he's doing. And the first thing he said when he got out of surgery was, oh, everybody was hitting me up to see how I was doing. Your dad wants that attention, but he doesn't have anybody to give it to him anymore. And so therefore he literally sleeps away his day. He doesn't exercise anymore like he used to. So I think the reason that a lot of his health concerns didn't um, appear earlier was because he was constantly exercising. I leave the house, your dad's asleep. I call him in the middle of the day, he's asleep. I come home and he's just waking up. That's all he does. To me, that's depression. 
Well, and I feel bad sometimes because I want to spend more time with him and all of you guys. But, you know, I got three kids and a wife and I've resigned from my job. And like, know. you know, I got shit I got to make sure happens. That's what I say. And it's like, I get it. And I know he gets it. Like at, at when he first came home from jail, he, he was literally like calling me every hour. I literally had to say, dude, I got in trouble. Like, don't call me. And he calls on the cell phone. It's not even like he's calling on the work. And I understand what he's doing when he thinks about doing drugs. It's just like me when I choose. He's to- trying to find a way to avoid exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like me when I think about eating a bag of Lay's potato chips or whatever. But we can't be the ones to help him no. avoid it. He has to exactly. figure out something else, whether it be a job, a creative outlet, exactly. something for him that's just for him. What does your future hold for you individually? I'm very excited about my future. Um, and the reason being is I did a lot of dumb things and I made a lot of poor judgment calls. But for whatever reason, I got a government job yeah. and stayed there. When I'm 55, I'll have 35 years of service credit with PUSD. I'll have worked there for 40 years, but I'll have 35 years of service credit, which means that if I want to, I can retire with a 70% pension plus full medical for me and dad until I'm 65. The you funny know? thing is I have a feeling... You stress the point if you want to. I don't think you'll retire. No, here's here's what it is. And and maybe I don't know if you would know what to do with yourself. No, but listen, I'm not gonna retire, retire. I'm only going to retire if I can find another full time job. So basically this I is I don't think you should do that. I think you should retire. No, I'll tell if you. If you get seventy percent pension, I think you should no, retire. If you want to find a part time job. Mm-mm. I'll tell you why. This is the Mia plan. The Mia plan is find a full time job. I can't just sit in the house. That's number one. But my goal is is to live off of the 70% because it would be like working two jobs, getting two checks for working two jobs, but I'm really only going to be working one. So my goal is to live off of the 70% and use the additional job, the bonus, I call it a bonus job money to fix the house up. I already know my, I'm not going to be able to go up and downstairs. Dad's going to have issues. And I want to just do the aesthetics and the basics to the house. I want to sell it. Don't Okay, know. so after you sell the house. Then I'm going to buy a small, all I want is a backyard that I can grill on, sit out, read. I love to read. I'm an I'm a information junkie. Sit outside, read my stuff. I don't even care where it is. I Wherever I buy the home, it's going to be... I have to be where my kids are. I can't be away from my kids and my yeah. grandkids. I can't. It's not who I am. I, it's it's just not. Another smart thing I did was when we did purchase this house, the neighborhood was kind of sucky, but it was what they call the revitalization neighborhood. And that's and then we were minority. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they revitalized, but well, whatever. If you th- well, <laughs> let me put it this way. According to the property taxes, every time, like, I don't know if you remember, but when we first moved there, it the where the Vons was, was a vacant strip mall. Mm-hmm. There was nothing on top of the old city yard because we actually live on top of the old tire dump. Uh-huh. And I only know that because I grew up and hung out in that area. So the house was 159000 The city gave brought it down to 136. So that was instantly almost $25,000 worth of equity. If you stayed in the house for 10 years, you didn't have to pay back that silent second. Okay. So that my original goal was we were going to live there for a couple of years, 10 years, because dad was going to go back to work and he wasn't going to do everything was going to be hunky-dory. And at the time, I believed him. Um, that didn't happen. So... Now, according to Zillow, the house, the medium, I can't even believe anybody would pay that for that, but they, they're people who would. The medium price for that home is 450 
I only owe 88,000. I can literally put 25 or 30,000 into it to make it, you know, like I don't have to tell people, ooh, that's wrong, that's wrong. I could even do 20, a simple 25. And in five more years, I'll probably only owe, cause right, I'm well, paying more principal than in bottom. I know I'm going off on a tangent. Bottom line is I can pay off that house and still have $300,000 to plop down on another piece of property. I like the fact that you have a plan, but in five years, I can promise you that if you don't want to ever have to work again, you won't. So just know that because I, I don't want you working till you're on your deathbed. Well, I hope I won't be on my deathbed at 60 or 50. No, I mean, if you're, if you're planning on retiring way, and the, then if you're planning on retiring and then getting a bonus job, it, it, it's going to be unnecessary in five years. Well, the only reason I say that is because I don't. Well, we have to rely on what we can do our, in our own individual yeah. lives. Ex we can't necessarily rely on as much as you can rely on me for things. You, you can't in the sense that you have to live your life and mm -hmm. make arrangements that work for and, you. And on top of that, I wouldn't know what to do all day with myself. Like by that time, all your kids will be... Well, you be, can go pick them up from school. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or go volunteer or something. All, oh, all your kids will be in school. KK, believe it or not, will be in college. Mm -hmm. um, and KK is so cute because she tells me, you don't have to worry, Nana. When you're old, I'll, I'll drive you to the doctor, but not it because Kayali is very much into cars and she knows all kinds of cars. And that's thanks to her father, who's also a car lover. And she goes, you don't have to worry, but I won't be driving you in that car. Like she's going to yeah. be the one, the way she feels, she's going to be the one who's going to be my Florence Nightingale. Well, we're all going to be okay. I know. But it's just funny to me, but like my ultimate job would be to like, first of all, would be to be like Oprah talk show or something like that. Like I would just be, oh my God, I would be like fabulous. Yeah, but you have to allow other people to talk for that to work. I know, it would work. be funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've also, I've always loved acting. I wouldn't even mind being like, the lady who fell down, who can't get up and is pushing the button. Like, I'm okay with making a joke of myself. I'm okay with being the fat next door friend. But unfortunately, I'm normal fat now. I'm not super fat. And I don't care. I just, I, I, I would love to do that kind of thing. So here's the last question I want to offer you. Is there anything else you want to say or share or ask me? Okay. Well, don't laugh too hard, but KK chastised me because... Um, I'm, I'm anal and I know I am and I'm extremely detail oriented and she sees me walking out with this and I actually lied to the poor little girl because of course she finds it necessary she's so much like me that it is I think it rubs Jay the wrong way because <laughs> she's I even watched her today when she got out of the car when I dropped her off at school she does what I do I open the I leave the front door open I go to the back door slowly put my stuff together get my stuff out close the back door then I close the front door and it drives your mom it drives I mean it drives um Jay and your dad like crazy because I don't move quickly and I don't do things quickly and I was like gosh she's so much like me it's not even funny but she's like Oh my God, Nana, are you going to, that's like 15 pages of fact check. And then you <laughs> typed it out. She's like, Uncle Tony's going to stop you. She, and then I was like, I can't even tell her the truth because I feel so embarrassed. I said, it's my homework. And I just walked out the door, but there's so much and it's not bad. It's some good things. And I know I can't have all the shows. It's like, I would need my own show. Well, pick something. I, there's, there's one thing because I don't even know if Jay knows how she got her name. So that one I wanted to tell you. And I also wanted to tell you that my mom took off a semester. She was a teacher. She took off a semester because that's how badly she wanted to care for you. She cared for you 
I went back to work when you were six weeks old and she cared for you. So that would be, you were born October 17th. So like mid-December. So let's say she took off the second semester of school. So she took off that time and she took care of you that whole semester. Then financially she couldn't Cause do it anymore, do it anymore yeah. because her and my dad anyways there's a lot of stuff going on so she went back to work and when you were seven and a half months old that's when we took you to granny's house but unfortunately granny only took care of you for like like six or eight weeks because she just wasn't able she was, yeah, she was old she was old she had people constantly in and out of her house i got would get nervous i couldn't i wasn't comfortable at work knowing you were there yeah. And it's funny you mentioned the night Rider because dad doesn't realize how much he's like her. He used to crack me up because she used to talk to the TV and she didn't realize that or didn't understand. I don't know what it was, but that these were reruns. Mm-hmm. Like so she it, it, it stuff like that. And she would talk to the TV and your dad is does the exact same thing. It is just hysterical. And he'd be like, I haven't seen that. Oh, my God, look how old they are now. Like, Willie, they're like super duper old now. But anyways, and then she took care of you. Then when you were like nine months old, I I found Sandy used to be an aide at Willard Elementary. They cut her down to two hours and financially she couldn't handle it. So she started her own daycare. So I took you to her and your little face, you'd stand on the couch. And I felt, oh, my God, I was like just like a needle in my heart. You stand on the couch and you look out her window because she had a big front window and you'd just be wailing, and you were like nine months old, and I would be sitting there, and Sandy would go, will you just leave, will you just leave? And then a couple of times when she said, as soon as you leave, he's fine. And sure enough, I kind of like hid to the side of the bushes and watched you, and as soon as I like rounded the corner, you just turn around like, okay, she ain't coming, screw it. But the other thing was is that you got your name. There was a boy, he actually um, ended up, going into child protective services at Willard Childcare, whose name was Antonio Mariano. And I was like, oh my God, that name just flows. Like, yeah. that's like a music name. Like, you know, yeah. Antonio Mariano. So I like that name. The boy's mom used to hurt him and beat him. And I was worried. And he always came to school dirty. I would take him in the laundry. Back then, because it was childcare, we used to wash the blankets from napping and stuff. So... I would take him back in the big basin and wash him down, and I would give him clean clothes. But that's how you got your name, because I wanted you guys to have these big, long names, because I hated my little short name, and I got tired of being made fun of. Now, Jay's name, oh my God, your dad wanted her to be named Angela Denise after Angela Davis and Denise Nichols. (laughs) No, not happening, and not happening, and... My mom, after seeing you, and remember she was ill during this time, She, when Jay was born, right before she was born, I think, or right after was when she was diagnosed, because actually you were, Jay was three and you were five when she died, because she died in 1980, February, actually Valentine's Day, February 89. So my mom was real into culture, and she made us do all that stuff too. But anyways, I got used to it, so I enjoy art museums, I enjoy plays, I I was exposed to it, so I enjoy it. There's a pl- there's a play called Carmen, and I know it sounds stupid, but one of the characters in there is called Micaela, and she's of <laughs> this is so bad. She's a prostitute, but it's not about her being a prostitute. She's this vibrant, colorful, vivacious. So it had nothing to do with Star Search. Wait, wait gets better. This vivacious female who has this curly, thick hair shapely body so my mom's like if that's if you have a daughter that's what she's gonna look like and she's gonna be vibrant and cut like basically 
Car- Micaela in the play Carmen was really my mother. Nah. That's really what it was. So I said, you know, my mom really wants to name her Micaela. Well, you told me I could name her. I said, you're an Angela Denise. I'm not having that. Denise sounds like an old lady, and they're going to be calling her Angie, and I don't like that name. So he's so then Star Search comes on, and a Russian girl, uh, I don't know what they call them, but like floor model or print, mm-hmm. whatever they call them. So in the opera Carmen, it's M-I-C-A-E-L-A with I forget what it's called, but the two little dots over the E. Uh-huh. In Spanish, it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A, which is how my mother wanted to spell it. But your dad, because he's so... And we're both... And this is where your dad and I are both alike. If we want it, we want it our way. And we want to make sure that we want our footprint on it. So this girl comes up with Starnish, and her name was Micaela with a K. And I want to say it was Russian because I found out it's a very popular name in the European countries later on in life, especially in Ireland. And so he's like, well, if we name her that, then we're going to spell it M-I-K-A-L-A. And I was like, I don't care how you spell it as long as it's not Angela Denise, Yeah, you know, whatever. And the name Angelita, to me, she was my little angel. And I guess because people always view viewed me as white so i but because i was raised in that culture and i liked those names i was like that flows and my mom's like yeah we were trying to think like angel or something but it was like we couldn't really get anything to flow and then it was like micaela angelita it was like that flows now what kills it and what everybody laughs at is it's like yeah micaela angelita salazar would be better you go, Micaela Angelita Harrison. It's like, it's just like, yeah. it's like funny. But so that's how she got. Um, nah, I used to always tell people if I was Antonio Mariano Salazar, like I had bitches would have been all over the place. But <laughs> <laughs> but I like, you know, we're Harrisons. We are yeah. Harrisons. And I, I like my last name. And, and I actually wish, I actually wish Kevin and Michael would have taken our last names, but whatever. But then you also said you wanted to say something about family. Okay. But as you close I, it out. We are who we are. We're chaotic. We're dysfunctional. But we are the most loving, giving, forgiving people ever. But in order to make us whole, and I know you're a very strong person and you always say like, well, we can just get together and speak it out. But I would like to see us all go to, and I don't know how this would be possible, but I would really love to see it, do individual as well as family therapy so that we can have a nonpartisan person and you're really good at it don't get me wrong and you have the education and you have the ability but I think it needs to be a nonpartisan person so me and Jay can get out what we have to say we can all sit together and I I know I've made a ton of mistakes with you guys and I know I've I've done some things that are not not good I know I maybe had blinders on but I would I would like to see us become whole I don't want another generation of too much alcohol and drugs. I really don't. I don't think we'll have that though. I worry and I don't want another generation of female dealing with a goofball man. Yeah. And the only way we can become, I feel, completely whole and close out the circle, especially if everybody's going to keep whatever demons or bad habits that they have, is with the outside. Like a whole, like a family, the four of us go in to therapy i'm sorry and that's that's fair and respectable you know i understand it and i understand why you'd want a third party i don't think that the next generation is in any type of situation or environment that we were in um i mean you can see it already i mean you can see kk you can see Averin, alum even adris that it's not what we grew up with or 
the projected future. And But I'll, I'll say this to close it out because, one, I think you need to hear it. But, two, I also think it's necessary to say within the scope of this show. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not always see eye to eye. You talked about how we don't get a chance to have a conversation often. And I've been trying, telling myself to make an honest effort to do that more. But I feel like you, I'm the third wheel, like you, dad. It's because we, we have different, we have similar interests exactly, than you have. Exactly. And, but you know, you already talked about it, too. And, like, mm-hmm. we deal with things in a different way than you do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but whether you know it or not, whether it's been said before, but it needs to be said on this show for anybody listening with this being recorded as documented history. Because I don't, whatever happens with this show happens, but. The point of the show for me is to be able to pass it along to the kids mm-hmm. and hopefully they'll do something. And by with the way, it. thank you for making ages look just like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and for the kids to hopefully take it on and create their own thing from it and continue our history because it's the first history we've really had of our family. Mm-hmm. You've been a great and awesome mom. Thank you. You've been a great and awesome wife. Mm-hmm. You've been a great and awesome grandma or nana. The kids love you. We all love you. You've busted your ass from day one to make sure that we all had at least the opportunities to do the things to where we are today. Had you not been in the picture, none of this would be possible. The thing that I've learned from you the most and I think is the most valuable piece or part of my life and my personality and my behavior is I know what true unconditional love is from you. Thank you. To see what you've been through, to see how you've gone through it, but to still be there for the family. The question is always, well, why didn't you leave him? But it's a lot easier to walk away from a situation than it is to stick around. And I was it may not be better, mm-hmm. but it's easier mm-hmm. to to leave it may not be better to stay, but it's easier and to I leave. I was very worried because I thought that if he left, he wouldn't be in your guys' lives and that you would go all the way to the left because you have that personality like he does. Yeah, but I also have part of your personality exactly. too. So, But I didn't see that at a younger age because I was young but, and I was But my upset. point being, my point being, you deserve a lot of credit for where we are today. Thank you. So don't... Allow yourself to let that compliment sink in and take it for what it's worth. As much as this show and me doing this show may have, you know, the comments being it's brought us closer together as a family. It may have brought us closer together as a family, but you are the reason we have stuck together as a family. Thank you. So with that, I want to say thank you for being so open and honest. I love you very much. And... And haha, I made it all through the show without crying. Everybody thought you I was did. Be crying. I totally <laughs> thought you were. You know, I've been you, talking. You, you totally, I, I swear to God, I, I was worried about that. Like, God oh, damn, how I am I going to get there? I, I literally, for the last, since you started the show, I was like, I got to, and that's why I do do my notes because yeah. it keeps me it keeps you focused. focused. So, with that, again, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Love you, too. Haha, ha, the rest of the world. Y'all thought I was going to cry, and I didn't. <laughs> I did do tangents, though. Sorry. No worries. It works. Love you, Dad. Love you, too. Thank you for listening to Like Son, Like Father on the MPD Network. For more shows and more episodes, visit Multiple Podcast Disorder Network. That's mpdnetwork.com. Or leave a comment by emailing info at mpdnetwork.com. Hashtag Like Son, Like Father in the subject line. You can also visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash mpdnetwork. 
and follow the Twitter feed at Harris Antonio.